<laughs> oh, hallelujah. I, I just marveled during worship as song after song about the Holy Spirit. You know, we worshiped and just pressed deeper and deeper into God because what I have to share today is not so much of um, knowledge. It's not so much of uh, just talk. It's about each and every single one of us pressing deeper into God. And um, before I get into that, I'll just appreciate, I thought to say that because I, I was thinking, I've, been, I've just been blown away by Pastor Dave since he got here because I've, I've had the opportunity to be around ministries back home in, in, in Nigeria. And I've had the opportunity to know about quite a number of ministries as well. So I know how that out there today, there's that super stardom thing about ministry where a whole ministry of thousands of people is just about the one man. You know, and he's the face you see, he's the voice you hear, he's the only thing happening <laughs> in the church. And, you know, Pastor Dave got here and um, I was meeting him for the first time when Pastor Dave and Kate got back. And it's easy to just have come in here with guns blazing and, you know, just get the rubber hit the road and get off very fast and say, this is where we're going, this is where God is taking us, and this is how we're going to do it. Sorry, this is how I am going to do it. <laughs> and, but Pastor Dave has this awesome heart, and I just think a lot of the time how secure he is in his gifting, in his calling, enough to discover other people and help them, you know, find their giftings and their callings and, and give them the platform to actually minister, to actually bless lives and be an impact, and also to receive ministry. It's not, it's not so much a common thing out there, and, and it's a huge blessing in the house, you know, to have such leaders as, as Pastor Dave and Kate. And um, soon enough, he'll be through with the master's program and would have more of him and um, even more of others as well. Now, today I'm going to be speaking about what I titled Deepening Your Roots, deepening your roots, and it's in line with what God has shared with us concerning the ministry and the season that he's bringing us into as a church. Pastor Dave shared last Sunday about the faith to grow, and he's talked about it in different ways and little bits here and there over the last few months, but everything he's received, all he's heard from God is calling up the church into a season where we experience a growth in our faith, where we experience growth in everything that defines who we are. And he mentioned that faith to grow has to do with the three aspects of going higher in God and enlarging our coasts wider and deepening our roots into faith. And that's what I want to share about today, very briefly, very briefly, I hope. Some years ago when I said very briefly, that was an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> and I remember a meeting where I was preaching, and I preached for about two hours, and it was a Q&A kind of thing, and questions and answers came after I finished preaching, and then I was like, okay, looks like you didn't get that point. And then I went into like 40 minutes, <laughs> stuff like that. So today I'll preach very briefly, <laughs> and I'll start from Colossians and chapter 2. It's just... Um, that passage that speaks about um, Paul writing to the Colossians, and he said a few things that are of interest here that I believe we can have as a foundation as we discuss the topic today. Now, Colossians 2 and 6 and 7, I'll read from the New Living Translation. And he said, Paul, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him 
and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Sometimes as a Christian, you come to a place where you wonder why things have come to a halt. Sometimes in your walk with God or your prayer life or your engagement with people, you seem to feel that you've been in the same place for quite a long time. And what happens a lot of the time is that we allow ourselves sink into a mode where it's as though with, you won't tell yourself that, oh, I know all there is to know about God. Somehow you judge yourself to be, um, to be superior, as it were, to not-so-old Christians. Or to the younger Christians, you feel, oh, I've been around much longer than you. I know God. And when I say I know God, I know God. When you get to a place like that, where it's like there's no more grounds to cover, no more depth to dig into, you find that you begin to stagnate. And someone once told me about, um, you know, spiritual life. And he said, has, have, has it ever occurred to you that at every point in time, you're either growing, making progress, or you're either losing ground? It's like by the time today is over, you'd have either made progress in the faith, you'd have either taken one more step forward into God, either in worship, in the Holy Ghost, or in the Word. Somehow, you'd have covered new ground today, or you'd have lost some ground. Perhaps by what you saw on TV, or what you com committed you know, your hours to, or stuff like that. But there's no such thing as a middle ground. Oh, I'm, not, I'm okay, I'm just fine. Now, nah, I didn't pray much today, but I'm, I'm just good. She'll be all right. And, oh, well, tomorrow I'll make progress. Or tomorrow I'll think about God. Or I'll spend time with God. Find out that you're either, at any point in time, making progress deeper into God or losing the ground you've covered because you've opened your heart to everything else. And Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart. In fact, above all else, guard your heart. With diligence. Why? Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. It's the deepest seat of a man. It's the deepest seat of, of your life. So what you allow be fed into you actually determines what you produce on the other side. You can't go into the garden and plant some corn and then you get there hoping to harvest silver beet or something. What goes in naturally is what will come out. And I remember a picture where it was a big poster I saw some years ago of a might, just this big, huge heart. And around it, there were sentries, as it were, like soldiers on guard, armed to the teeth, like U.S. Marines, around the heart. And then at the bottom, it just said, guard your heart. And that's the picture. It's not, it's not a casual thing. Just coming to church on a Sunday morning doesn't necessarily mean that you're guarding your heart as much as you should. In fact, it's easy here in church because what happens here? We're in worship, we're in the word, we spur one another on, we encourage one another, a word comes, a prophecy comes, and you leave fed. But out there, that's where it matters the most. When you put on the TV and the TV like survives the night and you're knocked out in front of the TV after seven hours of TV, what have you allowed come into you? Those are the things that will speak when the time comes to give an answer for who you are and what you really believe. Because it's easy to believe A and say you believe A, 
But when the tests of life, when, when the storm hits, most times the first things out of your mouth, the first response is what says who you really are beyond who you think or who we think we are. And I'll just say that about the season God is bringing us into, I, I thought over scriptures and I realized that for every person that God intended to bring into a new place, for every person that God intended to bring into a new experience or higher ground, he removed them from their previous location. He spoke to Abraham. He was Abraham then, not Abraham. And he said, come out of your father's house. And he took him on a journey. He said, I will take you to a land where I would show you. And bit and bit, by and by, he revealed the place he was taking Abraham to and how he would make him a father of many nations. Not just Israel, but the nations that will be brought to God through Christ Jesus. And for Joseph, he had the dream. But God had to bring him out from the midst of his brothers. It was pretty dramatic how he achieved that. And sometimes you wonder, like, really, couldn't you have done it in like one year instead? Or couldn't you have done it, God, like, just leave me where I am and take me where you want me to be or something. But he removed Joseph and he went through trial after trial till he ended up in prison. All because God was bringing him into a new place where he would fulfill purpose. Sometimes we have different experiences with work and you might find yourself just feeling that, nah, this job doesn't quite cut it for me anymore. I've been here too long. And day after day, God begins to speak into your heart by the Spirit saying, it's time to make a move. You might not know to where, you might not know how or when, but Hopefully, in that you've deepened your roots, in that you've walked with God, in that you've come to understand how He speaks with you, you can get the boldness and you find yourself in a place where you make that move. And then in hindsight, you begin to realize, oh, that is why. That's why I had to leave. Like Jesus said, if I do not return to the Father, the Holy Spirit will not come. I must go so that He will come. Sometimes it's in a relationship or it's in business or it's in life, even the city where you live, and you just know God is calling you to somewhere else. Perhaps it's, it's the precursor, it's the door to a new season. And we must together as a church, honestly, we must together as a church dig our teeth into this season, into the faith to actually expand beyond our borders. I love it each time Pastor Dave asks, if the church shut its doors today, would Hastings miss Bay City? Would Flaxmere miss Bay City? Much less New Zealand. When you've been around a long time, it's the most easiest to slip into complacency. It's the most easiest to get used to the system and the road. It's just how we've done things for ages and as it was in the beginning, is now and ever will be. But most times, when God is moving you into a new place, and he's ready to raise mighty men, mighty ambassadors, prophets, ministers in this house, he will do it by bringing us into a new place. Hallelujah. And that's what the faith to grow is about. Hallelujah. Remember the last time I said, when I say hallelujah, you say amen. Or hallelujah, or glory, or something. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I might jump on the speaker. <laughs> nah. But when I... Amen. I'll just um, share a few things that I 
figured hinder us in our, uh, our um, walk with God? What are the reasons why we do not find ourselves experiencing as much of God as we can? The first thing is our time. The first thing is our time. When Paul spoke in the book of Acts, when the prophet Agabus came to him and said, he took Paul's belt and he tied himself with it and he said, thus says the Spirit of God. The man who owns this belt, he's going to be bound in chains and he'd have many sufferings and, you know, he would die for the gospel. Paul wasn't surprised. Why? Because he had spent, he spent naturally time in the Holy Spirit to a place where the Holy Spirit began to speak into his life. And he could respond to Agabus and say, well, you may be right, but the Holy Spirit himself told me that in every city I would have chains. Sometimes it's good to be, to be hungry for a word from some other man of God. Sometimes it's, it's good to be hungry for a move, for a touch, when someone just blows your mind away and opens your eyes to God. But if you spend your time invested in God, invested in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you come to a place where you hear God for yourself. If we will grow as a church, we need men who hear God. Women who know what God is saying per time. Bible talks about the sons of Issachar. He says they knew how to discern the times because they walked with God. I love the miracles of the book of Acts. I love the miracles we read about Jesus Christ and his life and how people were healed left, right, and center. But men did not, these guys did not experience those things because they just were flimsy about their life and their walk with God. They didn't achieve those things because God was on the back seat or the back burner. They did because at that point in time, that was all there was to their lives. And when Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, he said, talking about tongues, speaking in tongues and prophesying, and that scripture has just caused so much, you know, in, in the body of Christ today. And they're all, he said, better you prophesy than speak in tongues. But he had a sense. He knew what he was saying. And then he said something. He says, don't think I'm saying it's wrong to speak in tongues because I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. And the picture, the sense he was communicating to them wasn't that if you bring each one and compare the time he spends with the time I spend in the Holy Spirit, that I speak in tongues more than you, I speak in tongues more than you. I speak. He said Add, the picture was if you compile all the hours you all spend speaking in tongues, I speak in tongues more than that. And that's how he would be open perpetually to hear God speak to him. He was about to have a shipwreck once upon a time. And everyone was fretting everywhere. The Roman soldiers, they had tossed stuff overboard and they were like in despair for their lives. And he said something. He says, guys, everything is going to be all right. Not because he just had this optimistic faith. But because he says, for two nights ago, thereabout, an angel appeared to me. And he said... Once upon a time in the book of Acts, they were praying together in a place and they committed so much time. They prayed and they fasted. And Bible says the Holy Ghost said. I checked up the times when Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit moving in the, in the epistles and in the, in the book of Acts. And I realized there was an investment of time. So we go back to the question I asked earlier. Where is your time being spent? There are two things in life that define you more than you think about yourself. Where your time goes 
and where your money goes. Show me where a man's money goes and I'll tell you what kind of man he is. Show me where a lady is eager to commit her time and I'll tell you what kind of person she is. Think about it. We come to church on Sunday and then it's, okay, 20 minutes to go. And then we leave church and I've heard many times someone here, someone there complain about, oh, the message went on too long. It could have been, all that could have been said in 20 minutes. But then I, honestly, no kidding, I've heard it said before. (laughs) Oh, it went on too long. It was awesome. It was awesome. But it could have been said in much less time. And I think, okay, so when we go connect and have meals in each other's homes or one another's homes, or you go visiting, you know how you like it when you say, oh, I just wanted to stop by for 30 minutes, but then it was three hours. We had such an awesome time. Let's do it again. (laughs) But then in church on Sunday, you're like, oh. With Buki and I have been in New Zealand um, almost three years, and We've come to church on Art Deco, I think, twice, and we've dressed up, and it's been nice and fun. It's always beautiful. But yesterday was the first time, because we live in Napier now. So yesterday was the first time we had actually been around Art Deco. And we had reasons to be with Joel in the morning, and we saw them milling about town in the morning. And then we went to Hastings and went around, and we got back about 3 o'clock in the afternoon thereabout. And we were still milling around and all that, and all dressed up, all fancy, and having fun, and doing all of that. And then we had a guest. We went to bed. I woke up at 10 p.m. at night, and I looked out, and I could see this bright light, like, in the sky, and I could hear the train still hooting, and people were still, I was like, you, you have to be kidding me. They are still about this thing. And then I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then someone said this morning, oh, you need to be in, in Napier this afternoon. This, today is, like, the real deal. I was like, seriously? <laughs> What, what are we doing? What's it about? <laughs> Not to say the ceremony. Look, it's beautiful. And it made a lot of sense. Because someone said to me yesterday, he was like, well, he's Nigerian, but he's British. So he was like, the first time he was in New Zealand and he saw Art Deco, he was like, what, what, what's the deal? Like, dress up, walk about all day? Like, seriously. But then he said something that someone explained to him that it was after the whole Napier quakes and when they started to rebuild, that's when the Art Deco period of architecture really set in or something such that that's really the spirit of what is being celebrated and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, it makes sense. But let's bring it back to where we are right now. Let's juxtapose. Would you stay in church till 10 p.m. tonight so I could preach for five hours? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I just... I'm through preaching and Pastor Kate comes up and takes us into another realm in the Holy Ghost all night. Someone is like, really? <laughs> Back on campus where Buki and I led, led a ministry in Nigeria for a few years, we, we had meetings that we, we titled Still Waters. And what we found was that Sunday was just not enough to really, really engage God the way we wanted to as students. We would have people leave church and be talking about, okay, next Sunday, who's preaching next Sunday? Let's have a meeting on Tuesday night or something. It was never enough. If you've come to a place as a Christian where Sunday is enough for you, I would encourage you to check yourself and actually 
remove the boundaries and press deeper into God. So we figured we'd do something. Okay, we'd take a weekend out from Thursday and we'd leave the town where the university is. We'd go to another town into some retreat or resort area and then we'd lodge there and have meetings all day and all night and we'd break for a meal, we'd break for a nap and then we'd come together and continue. And it wasn't just the word, it was encounters with the Holy Ghost. Most of the signs and the great things I've seen God do, I saw him do in meetings where there was no restriction of time. And I remember how that... uh, You know, some of the students, not everyone, and that's just life. Not everyone is on the same page or the same level in faith or in their walk with God. So we'd have students who would have to nearly force to come along with us. We'd have to psych them and beg them and cajole them. You won't regret it. Just come. And some of them, it would be like we kidnapped them or something because we would just ring them and say, okay, well, we're right in front of the bus stop now. You just join us. Don't worry. We'll go. Don't worry about paying. We'll take care of everything. Just come. Now, those guys were the ones who most of the time left the most touched by God. Those were meetings where we saw angels moving around in the church. Those were meetings where people received blueprints for their lives and their futures. Because there was no restriction of assignments. There was no restriction of, oh, I have an 8 a.m. lecture tomorrow morning or anything of the sort. Social media is an awesome platform. To reach out and touch people today in a way that people you would probably never see, ever. But you can you just drop a word in there and you can keep tabs and know what's happening. But sometimes, I don't know if anyone is real enough to admit, but my hand is up. And you wake up in the morning and the first thing that hits your mind is, oh, let me check <laughs> my status or let me check how many messages I've got, or, oh, I, w- I, I fell asleep chatting, and you wake up in the morning, and it's the first thing that hits your mind, and then you're reaching for the phone from under you and looking for it, and it's the first thing on your mind in the morning, is the last thing on your mind at night. Where are you spending your time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another hindrance to pressing into God sometimes can be the relationships and the friendships we keep. Because friends actually have power. They have power to influence your life in ways you probably don't realize. The people you allow to speak into you, the people you allow to crack jokes around you, the people you allow you give that room actually matter a lot. Because if you're hearing the right words again and again and again, there's a way it builds your spirit. Seeing your friend being able to quote more and more scriptures can encourage you as well. Okay, I want to dig into the Word. I want to find God for myself. Hearing of the encounters your friends have, like so many young guys have shared with me here, how they walk, like one particular was walking down the street and she had passed the guy who was, I think it was homeless and busking and all of that. She had just withdrawn, I think, $20, which was to take her for like three or four days. And the Holy Spirit quickened her and said, no, go back, give him the money. And she went back and gave him the money. And as she was leaving, the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? Talk to him about Jesus. (laughs) And then she went back and shared her faith with him. And she expected him to come in church because that day he gave his life to Christ. Now, it's not so much about her, like, taking ownership of his life or something. But it's the seed was sown. He had heard. He had met Christ. And God would take him on his journey. Having those kind of friends that share those things with you can boost you in a way when you're down. 
and encourage you to dust yourself once again and press into God. But if the reverse is the case and the friends you keep, the friends you have, the people who you've given the right to speak into your life are those who would mock your faith or snare at you or jeer at you or just have the wrong comments. Some guys can say the right thing at the right time and others can say the wrong thing at the right, wrong, right time. Also, <laughs> I didn't know whether to say right or wrong, but just the wrong thing. Some, I thought about Abraham some time ago and how he took along with him on that journey, his brother's son, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who was rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah was that Lot. Okay, I was thinking Job or something. Yeah, so God said to him, come out of your family, come out of your land to a place where I'll show you. And he took on that extra, in quotes, extra baggage. Not too long down the line, that became the source of dispute. That became a problem. It was solved when he said to choose one side and he would go the other. But then again, years down the line, Abraham had to go back and fight a battle with four kings <laughs> to rescue Lot. And by and by, Lot was, he appeared to be stuck to just his own way until God had to send an angel to get him out of that place. Some relationships that are the source of hurt, some relationships that have not added anything to you over a span of time, it might be time to begin to ask yourself, is this friendship drawing me closer to God or is it drawing me farther away from Him? Now, I value relationships. I value friendships. I have friendships from like when I was in primary school. And we ring each other. We're there for one another when there's issues and all of that. So I'm not talking about being... Um, just treating people anyhow and being quick to say, ah, off with you, I'll just go on with my life. But at that point in time, at this stage in your life, it might be that you need to take a step back from spending too much time with that person because of the seeds they sow into your heart. Remember to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. Amen. Sometimes we find that the depth of your roots... I was trying to remember something I read some, some years ago about a tree in, in England when there was drought. And it was in a church, I think St. Andrew's or something. Now all the vegetation around and the trees around had died out. Everything was just brown and out. But that particular tree remained boisterous. It had life. It was green and it was doing well. And a visiting minister began to ask the, the rector of the church, how and why? Because even other trees within the church had also died out. So it was like, what is it about this tree? And it said, it, the, the minister said to him something, I wanted to read it so I'd have it perfectly right, but the end gist of the point was that that tree survived the drought and was that good at that time because its roots had gone so deep that it began to be fed by the nourishment from the river Thames. It had dug its roots deeper than other vegetation around, other trees around, and that's what kept it alive at such a time. So when we speak of deepening roots, it's not so much of just doing stuff because you want to be okay and good when everything is going good. Most times your roots are tested in the hardest storms. Most times the, the, the test of who you really are and where you 
grown in God is not so much of how good you are and how okay and stable you are when everything is fine. The job is intact. The family is good. The business is doing well. And we're just having a blast. The test, the real test, is when things around you begin to crumble. When things around you begin to be taken off, your securities taken off, like when the finances crashed a couple of years ago and people lost millions, not just here, around the world. We felt it in Nigeria (laughs) because it's so far away. And I had started a business then and all those who said they were going to, you know, invest and we had drawn out the plan and a quarter later there was going to be more input of capital and all of that and it suddenly became, sorry, nothing. And we pushed it and pushed it for so long. So at times like that, that's when you realize what you've really built into yourselves. I want to encourage you today, as I begin to close, I want to encourage you to to take an honest look at yourself. Ask yourself, how deep do my roots go? How Grounded am I in the things I say and believe? What position, what place have I committed God to? And it's not a question of if you've been in church for 15 years. It's not a question of if you've been to Bible college. It's not a question of how many decades ago you gave your life to Christ. It's not a question of if you've been overseas on missions and you've done ministry. It's a question of how deep do your roots go today? An honest estimation. When life hits, how firm will you be found standing? We, um, in a family, lost, I lost my sister just over the Christmas holidays on the 28th of December and I had to leave for home very fast in like two or three days. And I got there and I arrived in Nigeria actually on the day of the funeral. So it was from the airport right to the funeral. And later on we got home and I met my parents for the first time after I got back. And I realized, I honestly thought they would be broken. It's the first person we're losing in our immediate family. My dad is 70. And so I thought it would be just, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But I got home and noticed, and I've heard, that even before I arrived, my mom had not shed a single tear. And while I was there, we had times in prayer. We had a day when we just fasted and just spent time together and there was the laughs and there was prayer and there was jokes and there was memories and each time I kept looking over at mom just thinking okay well this is a really down time she would be broken and all of that and she was full of joy I can't explain it that's the first child she would lose and I thought back to when we were kids in England how it was mom who said no we can't just remain Sunday Sunday Christians We need to bring these kids together and begin to study the word every single night. And I remember the years when she would come practically drag us off the video games or drag us off the movies and would be grunting and grumbling even when we said amen. Amen and all of that. And we just survived all of that. And mom had always been consistent. 
Now, I'm not saying this to boast. I'm just sharing something that blew my mind and that has helped me think about this issue of how my faith will express itself in the downest of times. And unless if I get a call today saying, oh, your mom has lost it now. She's like wailing 24-7. For all I know, she still hasn't broken down. And it's not that she's just keeping something in there and she's not expressing herself. She has this faith in God that, that just realized and said, a little like Job, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you found yourself retrenched, or that's what we call it back home, redundant, that's the word here in New Zealand. If you found yourself redundant tomorrow with the fears of rent, with the fears of bills, with the fears of what tomorrow holds, would that shift your focus off of the cross or off of Christ Jesus to such a point where you actually lose ground and then become lost? Or will you find yourself standing at such a time, faithful, filled with faith, because you know the God in whom you trust? If you lost such mighty investments like people did over in the States, the whole retirement fund. I heard on the news the other day that 200 million of the superannuation fund was lost in a Portuguese bank or something. If you heard today that that future you've stored up for yourself is gone, will your faith hold in that storm? That's where as it were. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's where the cookie crumbles. That's where the real question of life is asked of you. So as you, as we um, just round off now and just begin to internalize all you've heard, as you begin to think about these things, think about God and all of that, we need to check ourselves and realize or find out those things we need to remove, those things we need to cut back on, Hebrews calls it the, the sin that so easily hinders us and that so easily slows us down. When in Hebrews and 12 or 13, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Laying aside the sin that easily slows us down. Because there's, well, there's hurts, there's regrets, there's busyness. There's everything struggling for your heart and your time. The question is realizing, what am I laying aside to press deeper into God? For without me, John and 15 and verse 6, without me, you can do nothing. Let's realize that today. It's in Christ. Let's just raise that song, we can. Mm. Bless you, Lord. Lord. Oh, We can rise. There's nothing that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're a living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted. becomes free and my shame is undone 
Love you, Lord. Love you, Jesus. Some of us here today, God is calling us in. God is welcoming us back home. He's not a mean or nasty father. He's a God of love. Bible speaks about that prodigal son. How that even though he had strayed and even though he had squandered his inheritance he came to his senses and said I will go back to my father's house for there I would be far better off it would have been one thing if the father saw him from afar and went into the house waiting for him to come beg and prostrate before him and seek mercy the Bible describes our God our God of grace our God of a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance our God of love and mercy. Bible says that father saw the son afar off and he ran out to meet him and he fell on him in a deep embrace and he welcomed him home. He welcomed him home in grace and love. For some of us, you've gone so far off point, off course, but God is here in mercy not to judge anyone, not to condemn for Jesus said I have not come to the world to condemn the world but that through me the world will be saved and God is saying welcome home again welcome home again just cast off regrets cast off your failures cast off the pain and, and all and just embrace me one more time worship me one more time with your heart open and sincere walk with me in the scriptures one more time feeding on the word daily as a newborn babe desires the milk of the world engage me once again in the Holy Ghost as you develop intimacy with my spirit every day that's the call that's the call some of us here it's been ages in the faith you've seen God move like never before Sometimes it's so huge, it's so great. You dream of these things. And it gives you such delight when you share and you remember and you talk about the great moves you've seen. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. God remains the same yesterday, today and forever. He doesn't shift like shadows. The same God you heard many years ago. The same God who ordered your every step. He remains God today. And he will speak again. He will heal again. He will move again. Over your life and through you tonight. He's awesome. He's awesome and to be praised. Healing. I don't know if you um, realize or um, you understand that sense of having answers to the deepest life's questions I was in ministry one day and I shared with someone I was praying with him and ministering to him and what happened is that his father had deserted them from when he was a little kid and the mom struggled and she really labored to raise him and his siblings and it came to a point where she fell ill he lost her and he was he was pent up as it were with 
anger and confusion as to how and why that father you know did what he did and in the place of prayers as as we prayed and shared with him i looked at him when we were done and the, the one word he said to me is now i understand now i understand i don't know what he understood i don't know what god dropped in his heart i don't know what the holy spirit did but god has more answers than we will ever have questions let's just bless his name one more time one more time yes. Of your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your last night and through the week but last night particularly this word dropped in my heart for someone here someone who you know the spirit said will be in church today now you've um, had some issues at work and as it were it's like a decision is soon to be made as to um, it might be as a result of an audit or a query or something of the sort but your job as it were is hanging on by threads and this week we're pressing into is a very decisive time about the situation and there's fear building up in your heart. You've prayed about it. You have a few friends, you know, praying along with you. But the Holy Spirit just said to tell you that it is well. He's in charge and it, he will, as it were, justify you. He will move for you in that situation. The worst will not come of it. It's a word of assurance. So just press on. Just get dressed tomorrow, going to work. Just press on day after day with that confidence, knowing that God has taken control and He has taken charge. And if there's anyone else in this place, if, you, if you're here, that, if that was you, please feel free to come up front, meet Pastor Kate or myself as we just round off and close the service and we'll pray with you and just encourage you in the faith. And if you're here as well, God does speak. He heals bodies. If you have pain in your body right now, just lay your hands on that place, on your back, on that knee. He's done it again and again and again, and he will do it now in Jesus' name. At the touch of your hand on that place, I speak the healing power of God, the healing balm of Gilead to bring life and vitality to that body 
in the name of Jesus. For this cause you died, that we might be free of all iniquities and all infirmities. And by your stripes, Lord Jesus, I declare healing in this place now. Now, in Jesus' name. Lastly, I'll just encourage you. If you're here and all you've heard, you can't place it because you don't have a relationship with God. If you've just drifted on your own all through the years and you haven't come to a place where you understand, believe, and have committed your heart to Jesus, there's no better time than today. Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you hear the word of the Lord, harden not your heart. If there's anyone here who wants to make that commitment for the first time, not recommitments now, but today for the first time, I'll just encourage you to raise that hand. All eyes closed. Let's just honor God at this time. Close our eyes and enjoy worship, enjoy fellowship with God on your own. But if you're here and you want to commit your life to Christ, just raise your hand gently. And I'll see it and someone will pray with you this morning. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's sing, just sing the chorus through again as we finish. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fly.